Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, Book 1, Chapter 22, The Necessity of Purging Away All Tendency to Venial Sins. As daylight waxes, we, gazing into a mirror, see more plainly the soils and stains upon our face. And even so, as the interior light of the Holy Spirit enlightens our conscience, we see more distinctly the sins, inclinations, and imperfections which hinder our progress towards real devotion. And the self-same light which shows us these blots and stains, kindles in us the desire to be cleansed and purged therefrom. You will find then, my child, that besides the mortal sins and their affections from which your soul has already been purged, you are beset by sundry inclinations and tendencies to venial sin. Notice, I do not say you will find venial sins, but the inclination and tendency to them. Now, one is quite different from the other. We can never be altogether free from venial sin, at least not until after very long persistence in this purity. But we can be without any affection for venial sin. It is altogether one thing to have said something unimportant not strictly true, out of carelessness or liveliness, and quite a different matter to take pleasure in lying and in the habitual practice thereof. But I tell you that you must purify your soul from all inclination to venial sin. That is to say, you must not voluntarily retain any deliberate intention of permitting yourself to commit any venial sin whatever. It would be most unworthy, consciously, to admit anything so displeasing to God as the will to offend him in any wise. Venial sin, however small, is displeasing to God, although it be not so displeasing as the greater sins, which involve eternal condemnation. And if venial sin is displeasing to him, any clinging which we tolerate to mortal sin is nothing less than a resolution to offend his divine majesty. Is it really possible that a rightly disposed soul can not only offend God, but take pleasure therein? These inclinations, my daughter, are in direct opposition to devotion, as inclinations to mortal sin are in direct opposition to love. They weaken the mental power, hinder divine consolations, and open the door to temptations. And although they may not destroy the soul, at least they bring on very serious disease. Dead flies cause the ointment to send forth a stinking savor, says the wise man. He means that the flies which settle upon and taste of the ointment only damage it temporarily, leaving the mass intact. 
But if they fall into it and die there, they spoil and corrupt it. Even so, venial sins which pass over a devout soul without being harbored do not permanently injure it. But if such sins are fostered and cherished, they destroy the sweet savor of that soul. That is to say, its devotion. The spider cannot kill bees, but it can spoil their honey, and so encumber their honeycombs with its webs in course of time as to hinder the bees materially. Just so, though venial sins may not lose the soul, they will spoil its devotion and so cumber its faculties with bad habits and evil inclinations as to deprive it of all that cheerful readiness, which is the very essence of true devotion. That is to say, if they are harbored in the conscience by delight taken therein. A trifling inaccuracy, a little hastiness in word or action, some small excess in mirth, in dress, in gaiety, may not be very important. If these are forthwith heated and swept out as spiritual cobwebs. But if they are permitted to linger in the heart, or worse still, if we take pleasure in them and indulge them, our honey will soon be spoilt, and the hive of our conscience will be cumbered and damaged. But I ask again how can a generous heart? take delight in anything it knows to be displeasing to its God or wish to do what offends him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a very useful chapter. Why? because it's very clear in its distinctions and it's very accurate in its diagnosis of the human soul. What are the distinctions it's making? Well, first of all, it's distinguishing between mortal sin and venial sin. Mortal sin is described as killing the soul. Mortal is from deadly. A mortal sin is one that is opposed to divine love. Divine love, charity is infused into our heart. That's what enables us to live spiritually, to live in relationship to God. And when we commit a mortal sin, we do something which is serious, with full knowledge and deliberate consent, that we know to be contrary to the love of God. We know this will drive out the love of God from our soul, and we do it anyways. Now, that's a mortal sin, and it's called mortal from its effect. 
and that it kills the divine life in our soul. Now, St. Francis de Sales in this book is not concerned very much with mortal sin. Why? Because he presupposes that we're not in habitual mortal sin. He's talking to people who are regularly not in mortal sin, who are keeping the commandments, who are in a state of grace, and he's urging them on to something else, to the devout life, which he says is a cheerful readiness, the essence of the devout life is a cheerful readiness to keep the commandments, that is not to commit a mortal sin, and to follow whatever else God wants, a cheerful readiness. And what's opposed to that? Venial sin. Well, not exactly venial sin, as much as, this is the next distinction, the affection for venial sin. Mortal sin is a sin a thought, word, deed against the law of God and against human flourishing that mortally drives out the divine life. A venial sin is a thought, word, or deed against the law of God and against human flourishing that's easily forgivable. Venial here means easily forgivable, small, light. Okay, now, the affection for venial sin, what is that? Well, he says very clearly, it's taking pleasure in this sin. Not in the moment of doing it. There will be some, I guess, pleasure there, possibly, in some way. He means that you rejoice, you know this is wrong. And you per permit yourself to commit it with a deliberate intention. You know it's displeasing to God. And yet you cling to it. I cling to it. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to do it. I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm not that sad that I do it. I permit it to linger. Kind of take pleasure in it. I indulge in it. And he says, wait a minute. If you want to please God, and you know this is against God, even though it's small, if you're really trying to please God, why would you take pleasure in this thing you know goes against him? I mean, if you really love a friend and you know there's something that really hurts your friend, displeases their friend, do we kind of rejoice that when we do it? No, we kind of, if we have to do it, so we're kind of sad. We don't want to hurt the friend. Well, so it is in our devout life. And he says that it's, this is like a spider in your soul. This kind of devotion which he compares to honey. If we let this affection for venial sin into our soul, it kind of messes things up. It clogs it up, it encumbers it, it ruins our devotion. Are we able to not do venial sins? No, he says we will do them. But we don't want to do deliberate venial sins. Things that we before we even know it, before we do it, I mean, we know it's wrong. We know it won't go like it won't be pleasing to God. And then we say, oh, I'm going to do it anyways. Or the affection can also be shown in after we commit the sin, how we react to it. Okay, so this is also useful because when you think about 
getting an indulgence, a plenary indulgence, one of the conditions is to be free from the affection, attachment to, to sin. So a chapter like this is very useful in trying to work out what that might mean. To be free from the affection or the attachment to, ven to sin, to mortal or venial sin, is precisely to not want to do them. To be displeased by those things. Even if one falls into it, one's not happy about it. One doesn't take pleasure in these things. One doesn't let it linger in the heart. One doesn't indulge these things which you know are against God, even if they're small. So let us ask the Lord today to dilate our heart. Let us ask the Lord to give us a generous heart so that we won't take any pleasure, any delight in what goes against God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.